Let's take a quick break and hear from today's show sponsor. Are you struggling to close deals? Cold outreach can be a slow and brutal process. And in many scenarios, it's just wasting the time of both the buyer and the seller, especially when business owners who are trying to find qualified buyers are using inaccurate and outdated data. But it doesn't have to be this way. With LinkedIn Sales Navigator, your organization can overcome these challenges by leveraging this amazing technology and platform that translates comprehensive, high-quality buyer data into real-time insights and sales. These deeper insights empower sales reps and teams to adopt the habits of top performers, which leads to much better outcomes like building a bigger pipeline with real customers leading to higher win rates and conversions, and of course, larger deals and paydays all around. We call this deep sales and LinkedIn has built the first deep sales platform with the next generation of LinkedIn sales navigator. Right now, our Millionaire Mindcast family has an amazing opportunity to try LinkedIn sales navigator and get a 60 day free trial at linkedin.com forward slash mindcast. That's linkedin.com forward slash mindcast for a 60 day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com forward slash mindcast and get started. Welcome to the Millionaire Mindcast, where we broadcast weekly interviews with millionaire minds from across the globe to empower you on your journey of unlocking a rich and fulfilling life. It's time to unleash your millionaire within. Now, here's your host, Matty A. What's going on, guys? Welcome into today's show. We've got a lot going on this week. Whoa. You've been traveling. I've been traveling. I'm crunching this episode in before we uh, head back from Mexico. I've been out here in um, in Mexico City, uh, eating and drinking my way through the city, of course, uh, but came down here for um, purchasing a bunch of art um, and furniture for the Artista Hotel. Uh, we met our art consultants down here. So it's been awesome. Like they mapped out everything from places to eat and, you know, art expos and museums and, you know, installations and like hole in the wall type of, it's been, it's been awesome. So I am uh, getting ready to board a plane. I know you've been up in uh, what, Tahoe hanging uh, out. Yep. yep. Back. I fit, I'm officially 30 now. Thanks everybody for reaching out with the uh, well wishes. Um, lots of listeners reached out, told me happy birthday on the 11th because they saw pictures of me uh, having some people up the at 90s house party. Our yeah, for the 90s party. But June I, uh, 17th. 17th was the official day. So I drove up with my wife and just met some uh, family members up in Tahoe, hung out there for a couple of days, and I'm back on the grind this morning. Um, lots of good, fun, exciting stuff going on all around us. I had um, I had a lot of I had a lot of fun. I was uh, DMing some people this week. Um, oh yeah, I saw some uh, some DMs and a lot a yeah. lot of crypto talk. A lot of obviously market talk, and and really what's been at the forefront of everything 
is the you know housing market talk with the Fed, you know raising. Uh, you called it. You said Goldman said they they may do the seventy five you know bits, yeah. and and they didn't disappoint. They the Fed came out with guns a blazing, trying to choke this thing out because inflation is obviously becoming a very big concern and problem for our economy for many people. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to dig into a lot of stuff here today. We're going to keep this short and sweet for you guys. If you're new to the show, welcome. You know, we talk all things money on this uh, on this particular episode, being that, you know, not a lot of people, they, they read the headline news, they get mainstream media, you know, hype, and, and really, uh, that doesn't always do service to the, the average, you know, investor like you and I, you know, we're not the big institutional hedge funds, we're not the big family offices, Um but at the end of the day, right, a lot of the data that those individuals are using is extremely useful and valuable in, um, you know, simplicity uh, and, you know, layman's terms for, you know, the the average investor and how they're trying to build wealth. So we like to take the time to, you know, cut through all the fluff and, and really break it down to help you guys on your wealth building journey. So if you enjoyed this episode, all we ask that you hit that subscribe button, you leave a review on iTunes. Um, if you want to take advantage of a free financial x-ray, Mr. Breedwell, what do you do for them and all of our amazing listeners on the x-ray? Yeah. So for people who are kind of have an established portfolio, normally we're looking for around at least $50,000, but we can help anybody at any level. Um, I've just been saying that number so people kind of know what number I need to kind of really dig in and get some good data. But I can help anybody out that's out there and is serious. Uh, we'll take a look at your current portfolio, what you're currently holding, what you're doing. And really, the um, and you might hear me say this if I talk to you, but you, a lot of people that call in just have investments and no financial plan. And so we'll take those investments and turn them into a financial plan. Kind of like all that art that Matt's looking at is art. It just needs a home. So it's that next step of taking that art and finding a beautiful home for it. So we take those investments and we make sure that they're the best investments for you. And we build you a financial plan to show you how those investments can work for you. Because ultimately, riding blind you know, for 30 or 40 years with your money and just saying, hey, this is what's going to happen doesn't tend to work. That was the old school way to do it when, when your grandparents' grandparents were retiring. Uh, but nowadays, we have technology that can let us know and quantify for us what we should expect. And that's how we kind of make our assumptions moving forward. Uh, for those people that are interested in talking about alternative stuff, um, I know Matt... Um, I keep an eye open on Matt's deals. I'll keep an eye out if they're if you're qualifying for Matt's stuff, and I'll send you right back to Matt. Uh, we can take a look at your insurance. We can take a look at uh, retirement plans, annuities, all that stuff. So, listeners of all ages, I have people call in in their mid sixties looking to retire. I have people calling in their early twenties. We can help all of you. Just got to take a look at kind of what you're doing. Uh, there's no cost, no obligation. And uh, if you go through the comment section in our podcast, you'll see hundreds of reviews and lots of them are from people that have taken advantage of it. And it's it's just like going to the mechanic when you hear that noise in your car to figure out what's going on. You're taking a look under the hood. So no cost, no obligation. Biggest thing that we normally see is people don't know what they're paying. Um, and it's because it's, it's complicated. Almost like if you uh, ran into somebody doing their first syndication and they told you they knew everything about it and you peeled back the deal and it's like, well, how did you know this? Well, so it's a lot of that kind of stuff. And then above and beyond that, not knowing what that stuff could do for them and maybe what alternatives could help. So all, all in all, just a really good overall financial plan that can give you an overview of what you're doing, why it could be better to make changes and what those changes could look like for you. Yep. And you guys can take advantage of that just by texting the word X-ray 
XRAY to 844-447-1555. With that being said, you know, there's a lot to cover this uh, this week. You know, it, it feels like we've been talking about recession, you know, already being there. Um, now it seems like the media, the narrative with what the Fed is doing, you know, they're really, I think, tipping the cap to the fact that, hey, this is not only are we, you know, in a recession, but we're really trying to avoid us going into a much, you know, deeper trough than we need to and trying to keep this thing, you know, within our, uh, within our reach, because obviously inflation, you know, continuing to run in the direction that it's running, that they have to do something to curb the demand of the economy to, you know, open things up a little bit in terms of supply. Um, so, what are you guys seeing in the market after the 75 bit rate hike? You know, what is the overall consensus on the institutional level and what opportunities and or concerns are you guys keeping an eye on? Um, so there's a couple things. Um, I think for the past couple of weeks, I've been saying that um, we were we were likely going through a technical recession at that point, and I'm I'm sticking to my guns. Um, at that time. And I think we're in the same exact boat we're in right now. I would not take much on uh, last week's recovery in the market either. It's just not, you know, it's just a pop. Uh, just like there's currently a pop in the crypto market. We'll talk about that. Um, CPI is starting to, you know, is a number that's being tracked on the headlines. And that's what people are looking at. And that's coming out at about, I think it's at 8.6, 8.7 right now. Um, I'm more looking at core uh, core inflation, which is which is trending down uh, closer towards around six, six between six and six point four percent. I think the thing that came out that we were talking about is the spread on the CPI and the PPI, which is the PPI is the producer price index. So that's essentially what corporations pay for stuff before they give items to us, and the CPI is the consumer price index. Um, the spread on that index is is getting really big. If you track the CPI year over year uh, minus the PPI year over year, I think the spread right now is somewhere around negative six, negative seven, and that's a really, really, really big spread. Last time we saw a spread like that was or similar to that was two thousand and eight. Um, what does that spread essentially tell us? We don't want the producer price index. To be in a negative spread, it means that you know um, there's a lot of absorption being done by um, corporations, and the larger or medium large ones aren't going to feel that. But private and small businesses are going to start getting affected by that. That's where that indicates to us that it's there's definitely absorption having to happen, and the small guys are the one that's are the ones that are going to lose. Um, what that tends to rear its ugly head as in the world of finance is uh, liquidation of companies that were quality companies that just didn't have the capital to sustain through uh, a market downturn. So that's something that we're trying right now. Um, the thing to keep in mind is June historically is not very good uh, during an, uh, a midterm election year. So statistically, we're kind of doing exactly what's happened almost every June since Junes have had midterm election years. Um, and then you have inflation, like I said, making headlines and scaring people. 
Right now, I think the spread on the CPI and the PPI are probably the thing that we're paying attention to a lot. Um, I think you're going to... Headlines are just going to talk about CPI because it's the easy thing to talk about. Um, The other thing that we're taking a a look at is what's happening in these elections in states. Um, For example, like in Texas, um, a county that was... I think they, they ended plus 12... Uh, Biden last year just elected a Republican uh, to office. So that gives us an idea of, and I know political stuff, we talk about it, but how does that affect our finances? It's a systemic risk that we track but can't hedge against, but it's something to understand because different political parties do different things from their platform. Um, That is indicative of what I have been saying is probably going to happen and what the, the consensus is is that there's going to be a huge flipping of, of moderate or, or on the fence or even places that aren't on the fence from Democrat or ultra liberal um, leadership into more conservative or moderate leadership. And I think that what that's going to do is it's going to flip seats in the House and Senate to red. And then the president won't be able to do as much as he can now when he has a mixed House um, and Senate. Um, so that's something we're tracking. I think if in November we flip the seats that we're thinking we're going to flip, that will make consumers happy enough and say, ah, perfect, enough changes happened to where they're maybe going to be willing to come off the sidelines. Um, if we hit November, that'll be month 11. Um, essentially, if we hit the end of that month, that's 11 months into a quote-unquote recession. So whatever is going on, whatever is going on in the market... I believe we're, again, still at the closer to the end than the beginning. That it just, I still feel that way. Um, A lot of people are calling, you know, additional downturns of 20% and stuff. And that's easy to do when there's already been a downturn. It's easy to call for more pain when there's been pain. Um, Just like I would argue, it's easy to call for more upside when there's been easy upside. That's what a lot of people were doing last year. And I was saying kind of the opposite. Hey, this is probably going to, we got to reallocate it. Some stuff is probably going to come to a head. And here we are. Um, There's just so many things going on, so many moving pieces. I think the prudent thing to do is to take them all as a whole and then line them up and see which ones are going on at that time and then making make decisions based off of that. If you are retiring, it's going to be very hard to retire this year. It's going to be very stressful. Um, if you're an investor and you're long term, you should be looking up to the skies and thanking your lucky stars because you just got a re-entry in the market. Low, 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 very low. I mean, there's definitely companies that need to be down 20, 40, 50 percent, but there's a lot of companies that are down 20, 40, 50 percent that do not need to be down that much and they're simply getting dragged down. It's just free discounted investments. Um, for long-term investors, I'm, I'm, that's the majority of you listening. This is a wonderful time to be investing. And if you are investing, you should be putting more money in the market if you can afford to do so. Um, you'll hear about people talk about investing in 2008. This will be the new 2008. 2020 was not long enough for people to take advantage of. This will be the new thing that people say, hey, yeah, I got in on the dip. I got it in the recession or the pullback in 2022. And that's how I got... Amazon at $120 and we're trading at $600. That's how I got Twilio at under $100. That's how I got 
um, how I got Tesla under $600, you know, all these huge deals of companies that are clearly going to recover and have the financials to do so. Um, those are, those are the people that are going to be, um, wealthy here in the next five to 10 years. Stick with it. I'll say it again, just so everybody that uh, is a client or is a listener and is on this, it's hard. It's not easy. Um, be thankful you don't have my account. It would be a lot harder and, and less easy. But it's it's prudent in what you're supposed to do. And, and we always have to make data-driven decisions. And data tells us that this is the right thing to do. Emotions may argue, but we always got to make data-driven decisions. And that's what we do. So I wanted to... You and I were talking about this a little bit. I've got... you know. In uh, one of my mastermind groups in GoBundance, there's you know a group of guys that have been you know the OGs, been around for a while, and some very high net worth individuals, two, three, four hundred million you know net worth, and uh, some of them you know are totally lock and step on things that are going on in the economy, the markets, real estate. Others are you know they they lock horns right and they love to talk, and so you and I. Um, we love to debate, right? Sometimes, and I think debate is always healthy. It's it's ultimately either strengthens your stance and your position and kind of what lane you're staying in, or it maybe opens you up to something new. And you and I were talking a little bit more about you know hyperinflation, stagflation, maybe this. You know, I'm really in alignment with you in terms of. Uh, this hopefully being a, a, a shorter, you know, recession, a little bit, you know, not as deep of a trough, um, and and really staying away from a depression. But then you do have the doomsdayers, right? You've got the people who've been beating this drum for for quite some time. And I wanted to share an op-ed that kind of this guy um, posted, and he said, you know, I didn't get my. Uh, and I'm going to read this to you guys word for word. And um, Ryan and I already kind of chatted a little bit about this, but I want you to share some of your thoughts to just kind of give people some perspective on, I think, you know, the narrative that continues to get a little bit louder. Um, again, you guys know we're, we're crockpot over microwave investors, but you can never really time the market. And I think if you're playing macro and you're playing long-term you know, it's very important in times like right now to not get spooked and and, and run fearful, um, but to right build moats around the areas of wealth and income that you can build moats around, and also you know capitalize on opportunities that we know when times you know uh, as as Warren Buffett says right when people are greedy be fearful and when people are feel fearful be greedy and I think right now we're heading into a season where a lot of people are going to be very fearful, and so I think there's going to be some great opportunity for you guys, but. Also, taking in perspective of different narratives might give you the ability to, you know, strategize a little bit better. You know, thinking in terms of let's just say metaphorically the game of chess, right? If you know the next three moves of your opponent, right, you can position yourself accordingly to strategically, you know, win and and capitalize on that. So this was uh, from a gentleman who's been around for quite some time, very wealthy dude, and he said, you know, I didn't get an, uh, an Ivy League education. I know you are thinking. Uh, you already knew that, but uh, did get a degree in business, which included some economics education. You know, more importantly, I started my career in the business in mid 1970s and lived through what happened to the economy in the in the 70s and what happened to the housing market. First, here's a little bit of history. In the 1970s, simply put, federal and state governments raised taxes, greatly increased business regulation, and basically killed the supply side of the economy. They strangled it. 
The business community stagnated, investment declined, and the stock market went nowhere for practically a decade. Meanwhile, the feds began printing money, running larger and larger deficits to make people feel better, cover up the challenges of a sluggish economy. The result was hyperinflation and what was referred to as stagflation, which was evidenced by high inflation, higher unemployment, and sluggish growth. In short, the latter half of the 1970s was a miserable economic time in our country. It began to get sorted out under President Carter when he began the process of deregulation of the airlines, trucking and railroads, to name a few. He appointed Paul Volcker to head of the Federal Reserve, and Volcker began the process of killing inflation by raising interest rates, right, which we've been talking about, what the Fed is currently doing right now. They're trying to choke out inflation. This ultimately killed the economy and resulted in a deep recession from 1980 to 1982, President Reagan continued with Volcker and his policies and added both significant tax reduction and regulatory relief, which resulted in a strong and growing economy for the next five years, which after another milder recession in 87 to 89, interrupted that would become over 25 years of a growing economy. Why does this matter to us? First, Government under President Obama began once again to increase the regulations on the supply side of the economy. While President Trump seized some of this and rolled back some of it, the current administration, Biden administration, is right back at increasing regulations across wide swaths of the economy. The pandemic wrecked the notion that global supply chains always work well and deliver jammed supply lines, which persist two years after COVID shut the economy down. As a result, we have supply shortages of many things, among them houses, oil, and autos. Meanwhile, over the past 20 years, the U.S. and the world's bankers have been printing money and providing massive stimulus to try to make everyone feel better. The amount of deficit spending in the U.S. alone in that time is well over $20 trillion. So just like in the 1970s, supply is constrained while the government prints money. So now we have hyperinflation, just like the 1970s. Makes one wonder if anyone at the Fed and the Treasury Department or the White House ever took an economics course or has any sense of history. That was a rhetorical question. Should the leaders of the country become real serious about the welfare of its citizens and the economy? Rates will have to rise far more and far faster than they are discussing. Unemployment will rise as a result. Mortgage rates will, or mortgages will get more expensive. Credit of all kinds will get more expensive. The economy will slow and take housing sales down with it. How far and how fast this happens is unknown. However, it could well be that the current economic leadership of the U.S. will choose to dither about inflation and the impact of too much money chasing too few goods will create the conditions for something much worse than a shallow and quick recession. Uh, in the quote attributed first, the Spanish philosopher George Santayana and later on paraphrase by Winston Churchill, those who fail to learn the history are condemned to repeat it. Why is it that none of today's leaders have learned nothing from what has happened over the last 50 years? And so that's obviously, you know, that's end, end message. Um, and that's something that you and I were talking a little bit about. Now, this is obviously in his opinion, he's a little bit more doomsday and thinking that, you know, things are going to be a lot more challenging for a lot longer. And you and I were, you know, it kind of in, in, in the same boat here of, you know, one, our economy today versus our economy in the 1970s and 80s is very different. 
Yes, there are many foundational and fundamental pieces that still remain, but there are also many new variables in this equation that, you know, aren't um, that or weren't present back in the 1970s and 80s. So what are your thoughts and just, you know, kind of some, um, you know, quick, you know, uh, feelings and responses to, to that? Um, I think there's a lot of good points there. And I think a lot of the indicators that I've been um, talking about were touched on. Um, I think something that's a little more realistic is kind of to go back to the most recent financial crisis that we had, which prior to the dot-com bust was 2008. Um, another event in the last decade. Um, the real thing I'm looking at right now, I think the most important thing he pointed out was unemployment. A lot of the other stuff um, is personal feeling and definitely important. But really, the meat and potatoes right now is unemployment. You just can't have a, um, again, I think a big mistake to just say going into a recession. We are in a recession, folks. <laughs> so um, It's depression. And I just think this is, again, lack of education. This is why you have to be very careful um, when you listen to people, when people don't know their terminology, it's generally because they're just regurgitating things that they've heard. Um, that's not what I'm saying about this person, but I would argue that you know, depression is the accurate um, terminology at this point because we're well past the 20% dip in the market. Um, going back, unemployment rate is really what I'm tracking. And until unemployment goes haywire, it doesn't make sense for us to have a depression because when people are working, they're making money. And yes, they may not be putting the money on the stock market right now or buying houses, but they will spend it or they'll put it in the bank and the banks will make money, but it just doesn't disappear. Um, if I go back and I look at my unemployment rate prior to 2008, I think it was at about five point, uh, let's see, 5.4% May 2008. And we are at 3.6% right now and trending down. Um, I think to your point, we're just in a different environment. People couldn't work at home from their computer. And especially in the past 24 months, that's a big, big, big change Absolutely. almost on its head. That is a job nowadays. That is a revenue generating activity to sit in front of your computer at your house. You can do a lot more jobs than you could even five years ago. Um, I think that's being heavily discounted in that statement. And I also think that the resiliency and something I try not to bet against is uh, the US consumer continuously surprises um, on both sides. Um, we tend to be very resilient and figuring out things. And I think the thing that also I'm looking at is whenever there's jobs available, jobs are being taken. Nobody's under the impression that inflation isn't here. And they want to continue their lifestyle. So they're just getting other jobs and working those jobs. And people aren't so upset at working those jobs because they spent the past two years not doing shit except working and then sitting at their house. So if they got to pick up two jobs so they can have a life, they're not worried about that so much right now. Are you interested in boosting your income by an extra $50,000 this year? If so, you're going to love what I've got in store for you. I am beyond excited to officially announce an incredible opportunity to join me in my exclusive mastermind, which will include myself and 25 other hand-selected investors 
who are actively pursuing commercial real estate in 2024 and want to be held accountable to making sure they buy their first or their next commercial real estate investment property that will net them a minimum of $50,000 a year. This mastermind group will not only teach you how to do that, how to find, how to analyze, how to structure and buy these types of commercial real estate investment properties, but you'll also have an opportunity to be a part of an intimate group of high achievers that are going to take your network and your resources to a whole nother level. But here's the catch. Like I mentioned before, this is exclusive. We're only selecting 25 ambitious individuals for our founding members group who are serious and ready to take that next step in their commercial real estate investing journey. So if you are ready to increase your passive income by at least $50,000 in the next year with commercial real estate investing, then this is your moment. These spaces are gonna fill up fast. And trust me, this is the one and only time to be a founding member, which comes with some pretty special benefits. So head over to myfirst50k.com and submit your application now. Again, that's myfirst50k.com. You can head over there, check out the program, see everything that it entails, submit your application to join, and I can't wait to connect with you soon. Those are the things that I'm seeing. So I'm still not ringing the depression bell. And I would be, you know, especially when headline news is, is, is chanting it, it's likely old, old, old information. Um, I think that what's more realistic in the next 12 months is that we have a pullback in inflation or have a contraction. And we even have some deflationary issues. Um, and I'll go back to 2008 to kind of reference on that. Uh, July 2008, inflation peaks at 5.6%. So higher than it is today, but high. And one year later, um, uh, deflation is around because now uh, CPI is at negative 2.1. So really, inflation as a whole was somewhere around 3.5, 3.6, which is pretty you know, easy to stomach. I think what happens is people get so caught up on the headline story and they drive so much time and, and effort into that segment, they forget about all the other stuff that's going on. And that's kind of following the crowd. And that's the, the whole idea of that saying is that's what sheep do. <laughs> Literally, sheep follow the lead sheep. And that's why you see, you know, they go through that one gate and they all spread. That's the crowd mentality. It's very unsafe to do with investing. Um, very unsafe to do anytime there's any type of turmoil. That's why when there's a, you know, stampedes are a negative thing. Um, that's people moving in, in a direction too aggressively without thinking. That same thing can be said with our investments. I'm not as concerned um, with the stuff that's going on because it's very normal given the uh, market conditions that we're, we're having. We've had all this free money. The money's not free anymore. It's about the opposite of free. Uh, we, you have to work to make money. And a year and a half ago, you could not work and make more money than you are working. It's just a flip on what has to happen to get the light to, to blink and you know get A to B and B to C and so on and so forth. Do not be distracted by people talking about things that are not about your plan. I would stay focused on purchasing quality in the real estate market, especially if you're going to be buying right now. Um, and if you're going to be buying, I bet you Matt would tell you, you better have a rocking deal. 
Um, and in the stock market, you should only be purchasing quality. No speculating. Um, cryptocurrency is a great example of why you don't speculate. On June 18th, we bottomed out around 17.5 on Bitcoin. I think we're trading around 20,000 today. That's like a 20 plus percent swing up and down and up and down. Yep. And that's, um, that's why we don't speculate. Um, because if you think the stock market's down a lot, cryptocurrency is down 70% year to date. So that's like almost, if you had a hundred bucks, you got 30. So it's very volatile to be investing right now, but quality is going to be the king. Uh, I've been beating up the balance sheets are going to be important. All of the not sexy stuff that Matt and I have been saying is going to rear its ugly head and show you that it is the sexy stuff because they're solid. They're committed to the game. They have balance sheets. I'm speaking on companies right now. We still have people that are making money and doing deals. Matt's Artista Hotel, I know, is, is taking in more money because they can. They have more, um, more of an appetite for more deposits because things are going so good. Interest rates are going up, yes, but that just means that there's more money to be had to put into real estate. If interest rates are going up, that means that the real asset is going to go up. So it's just people are just focused in your side of the street and my side too much on the negative because it's emotionally easy to do. And that's, yep. that's what's going on, in my opinion, as a whole right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we're going to see rates continue to rise. I wouldn't be surprised if we see rates in the 8 9% range, honestly. Yeah, um, it's not a big deal. Which it's going to level off the real estate market a little bit. I yeah. mean, Jerome Powell came out this last week and basically said, you know, home buyers need a bit of a reset, right? I mean, we're seeing inventory... I think as of today, we've got, and this is on you know Monday, June 20th, inventory, most up-to-date numbers is up 18.5% year over year. Again, you know, when we're looking at two years ago, it is still down almost 40%. You know, looking at three years ago, it is still down almost 56.5%. So, you know, there's still we're starting to see the pendulum continue to inch back in that direction, you know, in terms of the market kind of finding some balance, the affordability issues are a big deal for, you know, a lot of consumers right now, at least in the housing market, sales are dropping pretty quickly right now. Pending home sales uh, have declined 30.6% in May, which is the biggest drop since the month of the pandemic in 2020. And a lot of that is due to, you know, eroding affordability, rising mortgage rates and, you know, home prices, uh, the increased risk of a recession, right? So these are all things that I think are healthy. They're part of this economic cycle that we know, hey, we were at a peak, you know, now we're moving more towards a trough. How deep that trough is, we don't know. But at the end of the day, right, talking about what Ryan is saying, you know, looking at quality is most important in times like right now. And if you're playing the macro perspective, you know, you might buy some a little bit higher than, you know, some at the very bottom. But if you're doing this over a 10 or a 15 or a 20 or a 30, you know, or like what we think about, right, is a 40 or 50 year horizon timeline, you know, if you buy quality, you're going to win in the long term. But yes, inventory is increasing you know, closed sales and pending sales have slowed by double digits. Total active listings um, have experienced a gain of, you know, 46, almost 47% in May, which is the largest year over year growth in at least uh, 89 months, according, uh, according to uh, calculated inventory and Altos data. Um, we are seeing some layoffs happening with B of A and Wells, Compass. These are a lot of, though, um, specifically in the, you know, 
uh, lending sector, right? Because we see this slowdown happening. So, you know, there's going to be little things, but spotlighting and amplifying these things is ringing the bell that, you know, we all need to run for the hills. Um, again, when people are fearful, this is when you look for opportunities and we know there's going to be opportunities. We got some updated, you know, reports coming out this week that of course we'll be tracking existing home sales, um, for May, according to the National Association of Realtors. Uh, that'll be coming out on Monday um, today. So later today, we should see some more information on that. Um, on Wednesday, the Mortgage Bankers Association will release the results of the Mortgage Purchase Applications Index. Um, we got the initial unemployment, weekly unemployment claims coming out on Thursday. The consensus is for about 225,000 down from 229,000, right? So we're not talking about unemployment spiking and drastically, you know, swinging every single week. But of course, that's something that we want to pay attention to because that is definitely an indicator and a data point that's important. Friday, you got um, the, what do we got on Friday? I know we had, uh, I believe it was, uh, Friday, we have new home sales and then consumer sentiment from university yes. of Michigan. The consumer yep. sentiment is expected to stay the same. I wouldn't be surprised to see it drop or pop. I, I, I don't know what that will do. I'm not reading any reports on it. I like to just see what my gut says to see how good my gut is. Um, the thing I'm looking for is really on Thursday. Mortgage application index, I mean, that's going to be down. I mean, that's oh, for sure. I, there's nothing there. Existing home sales is going to be down. No, no doubt there. Um, you should see a rise in existing home sales though, because when you put more product out on the market, on the next report, there's going to be more to buy and people are going to buy it. So I wouldn't be surprised if in June, uh, for June's report, because we're getting May's report right now, um, we, see, we don't see um, a pop in home sales because of the weather and the timing and the interest rates going up, people kind of getting that last woo in. But the one I'm looking for mostly is a continuing initial claims, which again are expected to pick up by 1,000. Um, there's only 6 million people in the whole United States that are unemployed right now. I know that's a lot, but there's, there's 6 million homeless people in California. So if California can deal with it, so the United States can deal with 6 million unemployed people. So I'm just being realistic with you guys right now. And to be fair, unemployment is the lowest it has been in the last 20 years. You 50, it hasn't been this low since that time. So it was not the Biden administration. It was not the Trump administration. It was just trending that way. People are down to work. And it's easier to work nowadays and companies are now more, hey, you want to make less money, but you want to work from home? We'll go find somebody and pay them less money and we'll fill the gap you're not doing. We don't, we have no overhead risk. You just have to pay you to stay at your computer. Yep. So um, keep an eye out for that. Uh, continuing claims, I think we have a, we had 1.3 million last time. I wouldn't. I think that's going to maybe tick up, maybe around the 1.4, 1.5 million uh, zone dollar zone, 1.5 million zone. If it does go up, if it stays moderate within 20 to 30 thousand more, it's not a change in my book. It needs to go up by a couple hundred thousand and say, okay, that's a there's an increase. A couple hundred thousand people filed unemployment this week. That's a that's a big are yep. continuing on claims from last week. Excuse me, um, but I'm focused on one thing and one thing only: unemployment. Unemployment has to go like really awry for a depression to happen. People have to be not able to work um, in order for that not to happen. And right now, you know, go back to zero interest rates. 
and people are going to just file unemployment and not work. That doesn't cut the that doesn't cut it anymore. You can't even buy a McDonald's cheeseburger. McDonald's is charges dollar twenty five. Man, they went up twenty five percent on their drinks. So if you think margins are getting squeezed everywhere, they are. You just right now people are working, and I don't care what anybody says. The data just says that that's what's happening. And so until the data says that's not happening, there's not going to be a depression. It just cannot happen. People are not going to be oh man. We're going to lose 20% more off the market and we're all just still going to work, still paying tax revenues, still buying stuff, not buying it. But if that does run away, that story is going to be start becoming more and less of a, a draft and more so of a chapter. Um, and we'll be right in the forefront of it. But right now, I do not see that being um, a thing. Anybody trying to convince you that way? I was talking to Matt about this and my dad too. You remember when you hit the sell button on your stock, the only way that it transacts through is because somebody's waiting to buy. Just always remember that. You cannot sell a stock if somebody has not put in a purchase order for it. And if you could do what I do and you could track who's buying it, institutions, hedge funds, large traders. You want to know who's selling? Retail investors, small traders. Big investors are going in and they're not being greedy. They're nibbling. If you've called me, you're going to hear an institutional investor talk. Hey, Ryan, I got a hundred grand. Should I put it in the market right now? Yeah. No. Bleed it in over six months. Bleed it in over eight months. But don't, don't just go gung-ho. Backing up, I think, again, this week is going to... Um, we should see maybe a pop tomorrow. The market's going to be closed on Monday uh, for Juneteenth, I believe, the holiday. Um Happy Father's Day to all the fathers that have children out there. Yes. Um, to all my single dads, what's up? Um, even though we're not dads yet, keep dadding up with your wifeies. Um, it's it's hard it's hard to focus on the fun and the good right now, but it's also easy if you just take a step back and understand that this is normal. Don't be fooled or freaked out by negative market conditions. These are the areas where the the um, the tree is shaken and the, the quality stays on and the, the low hanging fruit and the, the rotten stuff falls off the tree and we move on. And that's going to happen throughout your investing career, throughout your lifetime, multiple more times. Figure out how it feels. Figure out how to um, guard your emotions from making ill decisions. And let's get rich together. Let's get rich together. Great way to wrap up today's show. For all of you who enjoyed the show, hit that subscribe button. Leave us a review on iTunes. If you got a question for us, text the word, or if you got a question for us, text us at 844-447-1555. If you want to take advantage of the free financial x-ray, text the word x-ray to that same phone number. If you want to get on my syndicated deals list, you want to invest in the Hotel Artista, text the word deals to 844-447-1555. With that being said, I got a flight to catch y'all. We'll see you guys in next week's episode. Peace. Cheers. Well, that wraps up this week's episode of Wealth Building Wednesday. Be sure to tune in next week for more news and updates. If you got some value from today's show, all we ask is that you either leave a review on whatever podcasting platform you enjoy listening to this content on or share this with somebody that you know can gain some insight, some value from it. One of the things that you guys know about Ryan and I is, you know, we definitely won't say we have all the answers and we definitely won't say we know it all. We just want to bring conversation to the areas, the topics that we believe are really important to bring attention and awareness to, to help you sharpen your ax, put more tools on your tool belt, weaponize you to make the best decisions that align not only with your financial goals, right, but your lifestyle goals. 
So if you guys want to take advantage of Ryan's free financial x-ray on your investment portfolio, all you have to do is text the word x-ray to 844-447-1555. Most people have no idea what they're being charged from a fee perspective or really in most cases overcharged and whether or not their current investment plan is actually aligned with what they're trying to accomplish and by when. And this is something Ryan does for all of our listeners for free. So be sure to take them up on that x-ray, one word, 844-447-1555. Also, if you are someone who is serious about building your wealth and you're already kind of established, but you want to surround yourself with other like-minded, high-net-worth individuals, be sure to text WEALTHCAMP, one word, to 844-447-1555 to learn more about our intimate five-star experiences with other like-minded business owners and investors to cross-pollinate, to hear what they're doing, and to have a whole, a whole hell of a lot of fun while we're doing it. And last, if you want to know more about consulting or getting mentorship directly from me or from Ryan, you can learn more by texting the word MENTOR to 844-447-1555. With that being said, that's all for this week. Until next Keep investing in yourself and your wealth on your March to a million and beyond. Cheers, my friends.